Well, David also asked uh, each during this series, Love Express, that someone would uh, share briefly from their experience of the reading. So that happened to fall on me today. So you got to get me twice in a row. Um, so it was kind of interesting. So the two questions to, we're to be thinking about is how do I see God's love expressed to me? And how do I see God's love expressed through me? And so I thought, wow, dang, I got to do that on the week of Proverbs. You know, that doesn't seem quite as easy as when we were reading the Psalms. But as I thought about those questions and I was reading, if you're reading along, we read almost all the Proverbs this week. If you're up to date, if not, you've got the afternoon to catch up. Um, But what struck me was that God desires our well-being. That God's desire is for our joy to increase and, generally speaking, to avoid the pitfalls and disappointments and troubles that come from those who don't live according to his divine pattern. And so I was fascinated to see that in the Psalms, to see that he gives us treasure after treasure of wise advice. And it's not a list of arbitrary do's and don'ts. It really is warnings of what will happen to us in uh, our human situation and how to avoid them. Proverbs 1 says, They rejected my advice and paid no attention when I corrected them. Therefore, they must eat the bitter fruit of living their own way. And that's what he wants us to avoid. Proverbs 2 says, He grants a treasure of common sense to the honest. So as I read all these Proverbs this week, I was just continually reminded of God's desire to shield me from the effects of foolishness. He cares about us. He loves us. He gives us that advice. So the other question is, how do I see God's love expressed through me from the Proverbs? And so I want to actually not share a, a story from this week, but a story from about 40 years ago when I was a college student and I went away to a, work at a camp, a conference center, and there was a bunch of other college students there, and we kind of had a Bible study and that sort of thing as well as serving this camp. And there was uh, one of my first life verses came out of that context, and it wasn't a particularly encouraging one. It was from Proverbs 12:18. It says, starts with, some people like to make cutting remarks. And it turned out even back then there was a living translation, so I read this in the living, and, and I thought, wow, you know, I really do like to make cutting remarks. Not to be malicious, but just to be clever and to be kind of recognized as quick and smart. And so uh, the second half of that verse, so the whole verse is, some people like to make cutting remarks, but the words of the wise soothe and heal. So there was another person at the camp who also was kind of of the same bent, and so we were both convicted by this verse and kind of coveted to, to pray that God would change us and change our lips and change our words and and so, um, you know, we worked on that, and I had to continue to work on that for quite a while. But it was, it was, a, it was really profound. I mean, even now, 40 years later, when I was reading the Proverbs, that's, that's a verse I know easily by heart. And um, hopefully I, I have progressed in that to some extent. Um, but just, you know, how a simple statement can impact our life is it's so clear as to pointing out what's not quite right and what God wants it to be. So 
And then, of course, as I read the rest of the Proverbs, it's hard to miss loving others, be generous, be a trustworthy friend, don't gossip, gentle answer, kind words, avoid rumors, watch your tongue. It's pretty clear how God wants us to love one another. I'll end with this statement from Proverbs 4. My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Let them penetrate deep into your heart, for they bring life to those who find them and healing to their whole body. Amen. Well, as Jim was sharing, we're in the middle of a series called Love Expressed, and we are learning how God expresses his love to us and through us. And this morning, uh, or this week, we're going to actually be finishing the book of Proverbs as well as reading a few more of the Psalms. So today we're going to actually be in Psalm 103. If you have your Bibles, feel free to turn there, Psalm 103. Or uh, you can go on your web browser to mygrace.church, click on the sermon notes tab there, and the scriptures will be there for you this morning. But while you're turning there, first I want to share with you a passage that you won't have in your readings this morning, but one that I think can really set a tone for what we're getting ready to talk about this morning. It's actually Philippians chapter 2, Verses 1 through 4. Listen to this. Listen to this. Paul writes, If you've gotten anything at all out of following Christ, if his love has made any difference in your life, any, of, any people in this room that that would apply to? Anybody's life been changed by the power of Christ? Okay, let's keep going. If being in a community of the Spirit means anything to you, if you have a heart, if you care, how many of you have lives have been touched by people here in this room? Okay. No, I, hopefully I've still got everybody here. Hopefully you're not bailing on me yet, right? Okay. This is what Paul says to us then. Look at this. He says, then do me a favor. Agree with each other. Love each other. Be deep-spirited friends. Don't push your way to the front. Don't sweet-talk your way to the top. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. Put yourself aside and help others get ahead. And then he says, don't be obsessed with getting your own advantage. Forget yourselves long enough to lend a helping hand. Put yourself aside. Forget yourself just long enough to help someone else get ahead. That is a profound way, when you think about it, that we can express love to other people. To put ourselves aside, our own agendas, our own desires, just long enough at times to see that other person who God wants us to help get ahead. Even if it means sacrificing something ourselves. Let me ask you this morning, on a, on a scale of 1 to 10, how do you do with this? How often do you help others get ahead? Giving them a leg up, even, even when it sets you back, even when it puts you at a disadvantage, even when it costs you something. Is that normal for you? Or is that something you just tend to reserve, hold back and only do for those who are closest to you? Maybe your family, or those who are your closest of friends. Now, I read this from the message this morning because I just love how plain, simple, and direct it is. But I want to pull up, if I can, just a few other translations here from the English. Notice how this is written in some, in some other English translations. It says, 
do nothing out of selfish ambition. Nothing. Not most things. Nothing. The New International Reader's Version says, don't do anything only to get ahead. In verse 4, it says, don't be interested only in your own life, (laughs) but be interested in the lives of others. And then another translation says, abandon every display of selfishness. Every display of selfishness. Possess a greater concern for what matters to others instead of your own interests. Wow. Think about that. I and mean, It seems so simple, right? You're probably thinking, oh, Dave, that's all you got for us this morning? Hang on. I believe God's going to speak to you from something, through something that is very simple but very profound. God wants to use us. God wants to express love through us just as he does to us by giving us the power to help others have a hand up. It's something that we might do fairly often with our kids, right? We may not think twice about helping our kids get ahead or maybe even our spouse or our significant other. We we don't think twice about that. But how often do we do that for those that aren't in our inner circle? How often do we do that for those who are in the grocery store that we'll meet this week? Or at work, or wherever we might happen to find ourselves, with a neighbor or just down the road from us, that we perhaps maybe have just gotten to know, but know very little about. How often do we go out of our way to express love to others and help them with a helping hand? Not because you owe them one, but you just do it. Love looks outward. And sacrificially helps others get ahead. Love always looks outward to help others get ahead. It isn't, it doesn't mean here, Philippians isn't saying that we shouldn't take care of our own needs. That's not what this is saying. It's just saying we have to be able to notice at times when we're really just focused on ourselves. Our careers, our families, our future, our best interests. And in those moments where we're not really concerned that much about those who are around us. You know, I can be sacrificial and be selfless for my family, and that's to be expected, right? And I can do something for you, and as long as it's not an imposition, that's fine, that's nice. But, you know, when someone goes out of their way to do something for you that's way beyond what you were expecting, for no other reason than for your good, to, to help you get ahead. And they won't, no one else will notice. No one else will get any, they won't get any credit for it. They won't get any pats on the back. No personal advantage of any kind. But yet they do that for you. I mean, if you've experienced that, you know how impacting that can be, right? How well, you, how, much, how loved we can feel in those moments. And this is what Philippians is talking about here. Loving others by forgetting ourselves to help others get ahead. Sacrificial love doesn't happen very often in this world, does it? When you think about it. Not unless something's in it for those who are doing it. But that's the example that God sets for us in Psalm 103. So let's look at Psalm 103 for just a moment. This is how God expresses his love for us. Let all that I am praise the Lord. With my whole heart, I will praise his holy name. Let all that I am 
praise the Lord. May I never forget the good things he's done for me. He forgives all my sins and he heals my diseases. He redeems me from death and crowns me with love and tender mercies. He fills my life with good things. My youth is renewed like the eagles. The Lord gives righteousness and justice to all who are treated unfairly. He revealed his character to Moses and his deeds to the people of Israel. The Lord is compassionate and merciful, slow to get angry, and filled with unfailing love. Guys, when we have been shown great, indescribable, undeserved love, and we know it, we accept it, we receive it, then I think we have the capacity to love others in that way. We have the capacity to see beyond ourselves and to see others who need a helping hand. For those who haven't experienced God's love, and maybe are pretty, have been pretty self-sufficient in their own lives, it's hard to be motivated to help others get ahead. You can have this do-it-yourself kind of mentality, right? You, I, I've worked hard, I've done this myself, they can do it too. And on top of that, you can be a Christian and you can forget how God is, has worked and is working in your life. I think we can take that for granted sometimes. The psalmist recognizes that. He says, may I never forget all that God has done for me, all the ways he has come to my help. And in Psalm 108 this morning, what we're going to see is that he goes through several ways that God expresses his love for us. Ways that we, in turn, can express love to others around us by following in God's example. I'm just going to run through a few of these real quickly right here from these first eight verses. In fact, I'll work from the bottom up here. In verse 6, it says that God loves us by showing justice, giving us justice when we're treated unfairly. When... You and I, when we're treated unfairly, oftentimes we don't have the power to do anything about it, right? And God promises to bring us justice in all circumstances, even if no one around us steps up to help. I'm not going to get too much into that because next week's message is all about that. So I'm just going to kind of set that one aside for just a moment. But look at verse 5. The second thing we see here is that God helps us by giving us fulfillment and passion in life. It says, he fills my life with good things. Our lives are constantly, directly improved by God's hand, whether we credit him for it or not. God doesn't just meet our needs. It says here, he fills my life with good things. Those can be material things at times, or they can be intangible things like peace and joy and contentment in life these gifts these abilities these experiences that god gives us can bless other people as, and draw them closer to god the psalmist also writes how god gives us salvation and an eternity with him it says he redeems me from death and he crowns me with love and tender mercies you know i think that Christians have the ability to kind of throw that word salvation around kind of flippantly. In Christian circles, we get so used to hearing that word that I think it's kind of lost its meaning. 
when we realize, when we remember, when we recognize all that God has done for us, when we realize that God has literally saved us from death, and He's given us an eternity with Him, even when this life is over, we can't help but love Him back. And we can't help but love others around us because of the way that we have received love ourselves. When you, I don't mean to overstress this, but when you get your head around what he's done for you, when that sinks in, it changes you. That salvation comes because he offers us forgiveness and healing. Verse 3 says, He forgives all of my sins and He heals my diseases. And I love verse 12 a little bit farther down. It says, He has removed our sins as far away as the east is from the west. I love that verse. Oftentimes when I'm praying at the end of a service here at Grace, I end up throwing that that verse in because that just means so much to me. It says to me, no matter what I've done, no matter what you've done, God doesn't just say, okay, we'll just kind of put that aside. I'm going to put it so far away, you'll never be able to reach it. You'll never be able to see it again. You know, North and South have endpoints on the globe. East and West, they have no endpoints. I think there's a reason why God doesn't say he puts, his, uh, puts our sins as far away as the North is from the South. He's saying, I'm putting them so far away, you'll never even, I'll never even remember them anymore. God chooses to forget. We can't forget a lot of times. We hold on to these things that we've done. And we kind of bring them up to God over and over again. And God says, what are you talking about? That must have been something you asked for forgiveness for a while back. I I chose to forget that a long time ago. God grants forgiveness. And it's unconditional. And it's infinite. It's undescribable. The love that he has shown to us by giving us that kind of healing. Verse 11 says... As high as the heavens are above the earth. That's how much God loves you. Sometimes people think, you know what? God can't love me. (laughs) Maybe he did earlier in my life, but not after what I've done. Not now. Not again. Do you know how many times I've done what I've done? The Apostle Paul was, I'm sure, in that place. I mean, he, he killed Christians on a regular basis. Before God got a hold of his life. Psalm 103, I believe, puts a rest to that self-told lie. With the forgiveness that God expresses to us that is beyond our imagination. Now there are natural consequences to the things that we've done at times. But God, nevertheless, helps us get ahead. He doesn't abandon us. He doesn't give up on us. No matter what. But that's not all. I mean, if you notice there, it also said in verse 3 that God is our healer. Now, what does that mean when it says God is my healer? Does that just mean he touches my life? He, He touches my heart at times? What does it mean when it says God is our healer? You know, when this passage was written, this was in a day and age before antibiotics. Even a tiny cut back then, if it was infected, would prove fatal. Think about that. Childhood illnesses that today are trivial, back then would kill and disfigure 
or disable a person. It was a time back then when the understanding of human anatomy was still pretty primitive. And medicines were pretty basic. To be alive past the age of 40 back then, you were seen as someone who God had placed his healing hand on you in a clear way. Today we live in a much different world, don't we? We depend on doctors to heal us of all of our sicknesses and diseases. We take medicines regularly to maintain our health. And when something goes wrong, we don't hesitate to go to a doctor or to go to the hospital. Well, at least most of us don't. Some of you are just plain stubborn, and you never will. But doctors can't heal all of our sicknesses. They can't even heal most of them. They only treat the symptoms, whether it's something as advanced as cancer or something as simple as a common cold. Doctors aren't able to heal any of these things. Yet God does. And he doesn't just bring us physical healing. He heals us in so many more ways. He even uses you and me to do so. Take a look at this clip. There's a verse in the Old Testament that says, I am the Lord who heals you. It's in God's nature to heal. God loves you and he wants you to thrive and experience wholeness. <laughs> the word Jesus actually means saviour. The Greek word for save is sozo. It's an interesting word because it can mean I save. Jesus came to save us from our sins, to bring us forgiveness. But the same word also means I heal. Jesus came to bind up the brokenhearted. And God loves to heal and he wants to use you and me to bring healing to those around us. And you are never more like God than when you are helping hurting people by wiping away their tears, helping the brokenhearted and lifting up the fallen. The Bible says our words can bring healing. Yeah, with your words you can bring healing to division, you can bring peace, encouragement, forgiveness. Most of the hurt that we experience in life comes from relationships and actually so does most of our healing. Healing comes from our relationship with God and our relationships with other people. But when the Bible is talking about healing, it's not just talking about emotional, psychological and spiritual health. There's also physical healing. 25% of the Gospels are taken up with the healing miracles of Jesus. In Matthew's Gospel, we catch a glimpse of the compassion that Jesus had for people. Jesus went throughout Galilee, teaching in the synagogues, preaching the good news of the kingdom and healing every disease and sickness among the people. But it wasn't just Jesus. Jesus gave authority to his followers, so to you and to me, to tell others the good news and to heal the sick. And it's not just for certain special people. This is for every single Christian. Jesus sent to his apostles always telling them, preach the kingdom and heal the sick. Um, so praying for the sick people is a part of our ministry. Uh, some people uh, have a special gift, but uh, everybody can pray for, the, for sick people. Nowadays, of course, we, medicine, uh, science uh, comes to help in many, many respects. And this is uh, also a way uh, for God to, to come to our help. But nevertheless, people need prayer because there are many situations where medicine has nothing to say and we are supposed to give hope to these persons in any situation, in any situation because there is nothing impossible for God. And giving a person hope is sometimes his best remedy to illnesses.
And Pippa and I have tried to tell people about Jesus and to bring healing wherever we can. I try to pray for people like I was prayed for because I believe that God uses us today to heal people. He wants to use you to heal people. I encourage you to be someone who brings healing in your family, among your friends, in your workplace, in your community. Praise for the sick. Binds up the brokenhearted. Wipes away people's tears. Lifts up the fallen. Breaks down division. And brings healing wherever you go. In Jesus' name. Guys, we have the capacity to love people because of what God has done for us. We have the ability to be able to lay hands and pray for those who are sick because we have been prayed for and God has healed us. And God says, I don't just want to work in your life. I want to work through your life to bring wholeness to people, to bring healing, to, to, to bind up the brokenhearted. That is what God has done for us. And that's what God wants to do through us. Love always looks outward and sees those around them to help give them a helping hand. God wants to use you to do that. We can fight for those who are treated unfairly because God has fought for us. We can use our gifts to make a difference in this world, to touch, lives of, to touch the lives of others, to share God's gift of salvation with other people through the relationships that we foster so that they can experience the love of God as we have ourselves. We can show forgiveness to those who are around us and help heal wounds and offer to pray for those who are sick. You know, God has worked here in this room in thousands of ways over the last couple dozen years, hasn't he? Think about it. Think about how many times the church has gathered in this room. How many people have walked through these doors and the number of lives that have been touched. Not just even in this room, but even in a middle school library before we had this campus a few years, for several years before we came here. I think the psalmist is calling us this morning to remember and to thank him for what he's done in our lives. So I want us to close out our time by doing something this morning. I want you to get ready to stand in just a minute. Verse 3 says that he heals our diseases. If God's healed you physically or emotionally in any way since you have been at Grace Community Church, would you please stand? Stay standing for just a moment. In verses 3 through 4, it says, He forgives all of our sins and He saves us. If you've accepted or rededicated your life to Christ since you've been at Grace, whether on a Sunday morning or during vacation Bible school or during an Alpha course or for whatever reason, God brought you here and you have accepted Christ in your life or you've rededicated your life to Him, would you please stand? Verse 5, he says he fills our lives with good things. 
And to be honest with you, there is no thing that can compare to the gifts of people, the relationships that God gives us. If your life's been filled with life-giving relationships here in this place, would you please stand? I want you to look around. Look at the number of lives that have just been touched in this room this morning. This is just one service, and this was with most of our ladies missing. God has been doing a work. God has been expressing his love to us over and over and over again. And verses 1 and 2 say our only response can be to love God back, to express our worship to him. And one of the best ways we express our worship to him is not just on Sunday mornings as we sing songs together, but as we go into the community and we express his love to those who are around us. As we see those who are hurting and we listen to them and we pray with them. As we see those who don't know God and we share with them the love of God that is being expressed to us so that they can express, receive that for themselves. Guys, let's worship God by following his example. Let's commit ourselves today to loving God in this way by loving others as we've talked about. Not just loving each other in this room, but loving our neighbors, our city, the less fortunate you can be seated. You know, guys, this is going to cost us something. But what else can we do after all the things that God has done for us? I'll give you one last thing. Mother Teresa, years ago before she died, she said this. This is a reminder for us when we get so stuck on ourselves and we think about how irritating some people can be sometimes. She said, people are often unreasonable irrational, and self-centered. Forgive them anyway. If you are kind, people may accuse you of selfish ulterior motives. Be kind anyway. And then she says this, the good you do today will often be forgotten. Do good anyway. Give the best you have and it will never be enough. Give your best anyway. In the final analysis, it wasn't about them anyway. It's between you and God. Guys, let's look outward. Love looks outward and sacrificially helps others get ahead. Would you pray with me? Lord, this is such a simple message today. I think sometimes we need the simple to be able to understand what you've done for us to get our heads around it. Lord, if nothing else, can you help us to see today as so many people stood up how amazingly you have been working in not just our lives, but the lives of those around us. God, you're wanting to do that very same thing through us to a city, a community that is broken, that is hurting. Lord, there are so many people in our community, and we, we think they're all self-sufficient. We think they're all doing fine. We think they have no problems at all, and yet they do. Half of our community are suffering from the results of divorce. Many more still from loss, the loss of a loved one. 
We have those in our community who are struggling with addictions to painkillers and prescription medicines and opioids. The, the drug crisis in our country now has gone beyond anything it's ever been before. Lord, we have foster children in our system. We have so many foster children in our system that it's, at, um, it's been in unprecedented rates. We have people who are suffering from abuse, physical abuse, sexual abuse, all around us. Oro Valley Police Department says it's been some of the highest levels they've ever seen. Lord, in these days that we live in, may we not just assume that everything is fine in everyone's lives. May we look, may we take the time to see what's truly going on in others' lives around us. Enter into that space and love them unconditionally just as you have toward us. God, use us to be your love in our community, in our world. And then the world will know that our lives have been changed, radically changed for you. In Jesus' name, amen.